Hello everyone, welcome to the latest Only podcast. The astute of you would notice that we're in a slightly different surroundings today. Um, Board of necessity, um, as I'm sure you know about this little thing called a lockdown. So we've got some fancy tech, we've got Andy driving, so if it goes wrong we'll blame him. Um, but same format, we've got a nice business topic. I will introduce our um, guests today. Most of you listeners and watchers will know Kelly. Hi Kelly. Hi everyone. Andy, um, hello you're notorious, we all know you. But our special guest, most importantly today, Jodie Newman of beautifully named The Business Allotment. How are you, Jodie? I'm very well, thank you. You? Yes, we are very good, thank you. So, well, I really feel like we've done this already, haven't yeah. we? We've kind of had this conversation beforehand, but <laughs> let's talk about the topic. So the only podcast this month is called Creative Business. This is something that we realised in conversation that we don't really think about that much. How much of our businesses do we need to be creative? How much of it is about getting stuff done? How do you find the sweet spot? And how do you perhaps unlock your creativity? Because I think it's one of those things that we've managed to get things done and we don't perhaps question why. Um, so I, I, we just thought that was quite a good idea to explore. So let's start off. Let's just pose a question. How important is creativity in business? Who wants to volunteer to go first with that one? Well, I, I feel because I bang on about it all the time, I should say very, very important, uh, as that's what I've built my business on. I'm not a creative agency in terms of delivering fully packaged ideas, but I inject ideas into how to grow a business because for me, a great creative idea creates business growth. And it's really as simple as that. It kind of infiltrates all the things you do as a business owner. And if you can be creative in all those different aspects of your job of running and growing a business, it creates a space between you and your competitors. It gives you standout. It creates um, a really great kind of creative vibe that audiences love. They love innovation. They love something new. And if you come to market, even in a derivative industry, by doing something new with something that they expect that they know about, but you're doing it in a completely different way or an aspect of it in a completely different way, you'll win fans very, very easily. That's exactly the reason i wanted to have this conversation because if you look at a lot of the business coaching world and the mentoring and stuff it tends to talk about the nuts and bolts mechanics of what it need what you need to build a business and that's absolutely fine we're not disputing that are we but i think creativity it's almost like the idea the execution is all that matters but the idea isn't that important it is though isn't it what do you I think so. I think as you're talking, Jodie, I'm actually thinking surely that creativity not only is great for you as the business owner, but also your customers see that creativity in a different way. So it, that spark of an idea or creation is different for different people, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, some people look at the notion of creativity as being this big transformational thing because it can be. You know, brands do create massive transformations in their industry with a killer idea. But for most small business owners, it's more about those incremental creative steps. And all together, they build momentum and that builds growth. And you're literally pulling away from the rest of your market. Mm -hmm. And you can apply creativity anywhere. You can apply it to a process. You can apply it to a manufacturer of something. You know, and that, that's how innovation happens is those, I think the most powerful question a business owner can ask is why? 
why am I doing this? Why, why do we do it like this? When I worked at a marketing agency, there was kind of 200 odd employees. I had a terrible title. I was inspiration and learning director, but don't hold that against me. Um, and part of my remit was, you know, putting ideas into the way we did business. And one of the first things I implemented was fresh eyes. So anybody who came in as a new recruit, I sat down with them in three months and got them to answer the question, why do you think we do it like this? Hmm. And they bought in ideas from different industries, different businesses, and that in itself created spotlights on stuff because I think everyone talks about business as usual as being a great thing, and it can be, but business hmm. as usual hides all sorts of opportunities because we all think the way we do things is good enough. And hmm. asking why I think can just make you step back and go, but what if I did it another way? And so, look at that potential outcome. That's quite profound, isn't it? That idea that I think when we think creativity, we think the front end, we think the how it's painted, how it's written. And you made a really important point there about the creative process where you said we can be creative in, ironically, changing a process. Let's rethink the way we do something bread and butter in a process. Yeah. You wouldn't necessarily connect creativity with building a process that seems like they are diametrically opposed yeah but in fact it's all part of the same approach and i think you know to kind of take a business apart and ask why you may reassemble parts of that in the way they were but without going through that process you don't know but it's really difficult for a business owner to see to step back and create that perspective on anything, on a process, on a product, on a service level. You know, how do we service our clients? You can put massive creativity into how you service your clients. But people just kind of take, I suppose, the, the easy route. We go, well, you know, we know we can send them an email. Uh, I know I can, you know, do them a little kind of courtesy call. But if you think creatively about that, you will create wow moments in and out of your business all the time. And that's it's, what gets customers it, sticky. It's something like nice Uber, isn't it, is the first example of experience to mind. They, they disrupted taxis, obviously, and now Uber Eats. You know, that really yeah. doesn't have anything to do with driving a car, does it? But it's, it's using a process to do something quite creative, isn't it? Or they've looked at, well, we've got this engine. What else could it deliver? Yeah. Yeah. And I think another powerful question is what if? Because I think as business owners, we all get bogged down with the nuts and bolts. We might have an idea and then the next 20 thoughts are that's expensive. I haven't got the time. I don't know how to do that bit. I'll sod it. Let's go back to business as usual because that's much easier. And I think if you ask what if, you know, what if I could get my product into my customer's hands three seconds after they order it? Now, that might not be achievable, but setting out that what if scenario followed by a bit of creative thinking gets you somewhere very, very different in a business. Cool. That is cool. Andy, you've gone through this mm. process, haven't you? I mean, you changed your business significantly around the time that we met you and you've changed it again. This is an embodiment of you've had to think a little bit laterally, haven't you? How's that been for you? A, a big learning curve um, because obviously when when we, you know, when I met you guys, it was a couple of years ago and I was on that transition phase from graph design, web design and getting into videography. And it wasn't until lockdown of all the times, let's just make that pivoting moment to videography and just not ditch my existing customers, get to it. But from a, from a creative point of view, 
I've, from what Jodie just said, I've never thought of processes as a creative thing because I'm, my mind is consumed with thinking creatively within my day job all the time. Unlike if I was like, I don't know, an accountant, you know, I'd, I'd be doing accountancy stuff, then I'd do some creative thinking. I'm 100% all the time creative thinking. So pivoting a business, um, yeah, you, I had to think creatively about it. I had to make sure that I wasn't going to um, annoy my existing clients. I had to be bold and I had to, um, well, realise that processes are different. And especially within video and podcasting, there's a, there's a big process which happens leading up to the actual recording. You know, James, you, you have to come up with the creative content for it and I have to think creatively about how we're going to produce it. But it's only been highlighted in this podcast Do I realise that actually 100% of my time I'm thinking creatively. I took a call earlier on from a potential lead to do a podcast and I had to think creatively there on the spot about how the process will work. But the customer journey, I guess, is part of the creative, creative side of things to do with um, sort of like that entry level to do with sort of like once you finish a job, how do you, you know, look after that client, get that return in the client. So, yeah, I think you've just made me aware that everything's 100% creative in my world. <laughs> so. I think the point there is that, you know, we tend to think, or I would perhaps traditionally think, that creativity is one state of mind, and we put that over there and we make space to, let's be creative, let's get the colouring pencils out and make something. And then running a business is a much more kind of bread and potatoes. Bread and potatoes, is that a term? <laughs> bread and potatoes, <laughs> bread and butter. Why are all these analogies to do with food? I've never really steak thought about it. Steak and chips? I mean... <laughs> steak and chips. Steak and chips is good. The old, oh, the old steak and chips analogy. But <laughs> they that's the point, isn't it? You know, this is a great example, isn't it? You could have said to us, OK, we can't get together and do a podcast. Jody is in Essex. We're in Hampshire. Um, we'll just use Zoom. We'll just hit record. We'll do Zoom because that's what everyone else is doing. You've tried to come up with something that, you know, we've got a second camera running over there. We've bought better mics. We're trying a different platform because we're trying to do better. I've never, funny enough, I just thought of that. I, I thought that as, as a problem rather than a creative issue. But you're absolutely mm. right. That's actually a creative issue. How are we creatively going to get over this issue that we can't get together? I wasn't satisfied with the output on Zoom. I want to look for better things where professional service but yeah as you say recommending mics make sure everybody can be heard that's a creative thinking but what i'd like to know jody is said different levels of creative things so you've got creative linking that process then i've got that moment where i may put my headphones on isolate mm -hmm. myself from the world and think creatively about how i'm going to put together an edit he said like like stepping stones or something along those lines well i think there are probably levels of purposefulness in being creative and I think it also depends on how much you've got it in the muscle so Andy you were saying you've kind of come to the realization that actually you spend most of your day in that kind of creative mindset so you will subconsciously be applying a lot of your kind of internal mental creative techniques to whatever you come across so that will start with something, it might be a problem. Okay, we can't all get together. So the creativity is deployed to resolve the problem. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, obviously it has some really beneficial effects. And I think the essence of being creative is being able to quickly option think that what they call the divergent thinking technique. So whereas 
sort of a command and control business will go, we've got a problem. And the, the hero of the piece is the person who comes up with the quickest response and goes and just bloody does it. Mm. And that isn't really the way to create a creative business. It's about option thinking. It's about, you know, your mind being able to say, okay, here's, here's a problem. I've now got 10 possible solutions and then you can think them through. Some people's brains don't naturally work like that, which is why, you know, I give people lots of tools to help them because I always talk about creativity as a muscle and you don't expect to pick up a tennis racket and be Pete Sampras on day two. You know, it takes a lot of work and practice. So you get those kind of purposeful moments where you can either sit down and, right, I need to come up with a solution to this problem or you go for a walk, or you take a shower, because weirdly ideas come then, and there is a reason for that, which we can go into. And then, you know, there's the kind of really small incremental creativity that if you are of that mindset, I think you do without even thinking. Um, so when you, if you feel you're not running your business in a creative way, my first advice would be like, right, well, just immerse yourself in understanding why it's important, and then get yourself some thinking tools just to make you think more laterally what, because what for some are, people, what are, sorry what are thinking tools just what just little exercises little um thinking formats that will help you i mean i've got kind of hundreds of sort of these kind of tools and questions that i use with groups when we're doing idea generation but some of my favorites is to um what I, one of my tools is called brand swap so you've got a problem you go Okay, so what would Ferrari do? What would Innocent Smoothies do? And you take some of their, you know, you kind of, you're depersonalizing the problem for a start. You're taking yourself out, which helps. And you're also looking at your problem through a different set of filters. That's kind of intrinsically creativity in a nutshell. If you can get a different perspective on your business challenge, you'll come up with ideas. And that's what I kind of help business owners do is get this sense we're kind of sneaking around the back of someone's business and the business is expecting you to look through the front door, which is where everyone looks at a business. I always go around the back and that's by using these creative thinking techniques, sneak in and have a good rummage around while no one's looking and you'll find some absolute gems in there of ideas. So, you know, I have a kind of a, a five a week sheet that I give people. So every day they spend 60 seconds doing a creative exercise um so there's lots of things you can do to kind of train your creative muscle and make it more part of your day-to-day -day thinking but do there people, are jody think do you speak to people that go oh i'm not creative i'm a doer i just like to get things done yeah yeah is, i mean is that I something you can lots... overcome yeah absolutely because you know i think there is i'm never trying to make somebody you know kind of the picasso of their world in terms of creativity some people have a natural flair for being creative, but everybody can be more creative. You know, I I could probably be taught to play Twinkle Twinkle on the piano. I'm never going to kind of bang out a Mozart symphony and have people in tears, but I can get better at it. And it's the same with creativity, but I can't do that unless I do something about it and practice. So I have lots of people when I was running idea generation sessions for businesses and they'd say, well, I, I, I'm not an ideas person, but that's kind of the point. When I ran idea generation in marketing agencies, which I did for a long time, I mean, I was, you know, kind of despised by the creative department 
because I wasn't in the creative department, nor was the security guard that I brought to one of the sessions, nor was the front of house lady. But actually, we won pitches off of the back of an idea that the security guard came up with in an idea generation session, because it's about asking the right questions and listening for the nuggets of information. So it was for a retail kids shoe brand. And I handed out pictures of celebrities and I said, right, just have a look at your celebrity and let's see how that's going to help us drive more kids into the shoe shop in September when they're buying their kids' shoes. And the security guard said, well, he had David Beckham, and he said, oh, I'd like to be in his shoes for one day. And that was kind of a joke, but it was spurred off of this picture. And that concept of winning a day in the shoes of your sports hero won us the pitch. Wow. So it's it's a question of getting weird kind of sparks in your brain because your brain sets up what's called creative dissonance so it your brains usually hate two ideas floating around in the ether that have nothing to do with each other i was doing a talk on creativity last week and we were talking about ideas for newsletters for customers which can be as tedious as it sounds (laughs) so i made them all think of ideas but made them also include some notion of a banana in with the idea and they're like what do you mean but if you start thinking about the qualities of a banana about they come in bunches all right let's have different you know bunches of newsletters so you're tailoring the content or you know it's well you have to peel something off so you have like a a, you know a kind of a a sort of a newslettery kind of feel but when you dive in there's something else that is revealed to people who kind of dig down in the newsletter or you know it's kind of one of your five a day so it's about um well, I'm just going to make it all really kind of tips to be really helpful and make a healthy business. And so it's about taking these two unrelated ideas, creating that juxtaposition and trusting that your brain just cannot bear the two to exist without some kind of link. And that's how the creativity happens. There is a a question of bravery, and I'm going to bring you in you here. Oh gosh, no, because you, you are a prolific idea generator yeah how do you then defy decide that's a good idea or that one should be dumped wow i think if anybody's got the answers <laughs> let me know um i think as you've been talking i've been thinking about that i think creativity for the sake of being creative doesn't work does it i think people that know us well are going to be shocked to say this I said this to Andy yesterday recently I've been the one that's been like should we just hang on a minute should we just be where we are for a second and James has been the one like well no come on we need to do this we need to do this we need to do this and I think we've had a bit of a role reversal because I think at some point you need to know when enough is enough and you need to test the waters a little bit I think you also need to give yourself time I mean I've learned from you on this so everybody can give you a round of applause here I think the point is to have yeah thank you Andy to have um the idea and to let it settle for a bit which is not something I've been that good at it's always been I've had the idea let's go with it and if it doesn't work we'll just bin it so yes in answer to your question I'm quite strong enough to go well if it doesn't work we just won't do it anymore which would have always probably scared you before because you don't want to upset your audience you don't want to put something out that they're not going to like or not interact with but in truth is that not a better thing anyway to have tried and it doesn't work so it's fine we'll ditch it and actually our customers will respect us more because we may then know 
where to put our attentions into to the yeah. next. There's that I mean, methodology, take... isn't there? Like the fail, fail fast, or I, you might know Jody, but that that idea that you know, do it, build it, minimum viable product. If it don't work, get rid of it, move on. Well, yeah, and you know, if there was, I mean, I always take heart from you know thinking about you know the new taste of Coke. If they can't get it right. Yeah. then, you know, I don't think we're expected to get the, you know, get everything right first time, every time. And I think we suffer from our, I mean, let's probably not get into education because we haven't got another eight hours. <laughs> you will definitely fall asleep. But our education system creates a fixed mindset of a fear of failure. And yeah. I think, you know, if you need to pass exams, there is... I suppose, a reason why that is so. But in all other instances, it's completely detrimental to a creative life. Because if you are afraid of trying anything, you won't do it. You know, it's just as you said, Kelly, James will be a bit like, well, I don't know. So maybe hold back. Mm. And then you'll never know. And there are no right answers. I think, you know, what I do with my clients is I've designed a number of of evaluation tools so i have a thing called a stakeholder compass so you go oh this this feels like such a great idea and it usually does feel like it because creativity especially when you're in your own business mm -hmm. you own it massively which is why it's so hard when things don't go to plan because you rarely decouple yourself from your idea you're so invested in it which makes the risks all the more higher but you know i go through the stakeholder compass where we say okay so who are all the people going to be touched by this idea and then we map out the positives and the potential negatives so you go into it all eyes open and that doesn't make failure any less or more of an option but it creates this kind of uh, awareness and you can rationalise the success or otherwise of the idea better before you launch it. Because the thing is, you do get a bit addicted to the adrenaline of implementation and launch. There's not, the best bits in my business are where I've come up with a new idea and I'm getting it out. And it's really exciting. And you kind of want to do it all the time because it's slightly seat of your pants. You slightly might look like a complete and utter idiot, but you're going with it because you kind of given birth to this idea and you want to see it, you know, toddle off into the world and create its own life. Can I, can you I, see that a I, lot, don't you? Go on, Andy. Sorry. Um, can I just pitch in? You, you touched on something there about sort of like the creative and emotional connection on there. Do you find that people who are, I don't know, more creative and a lot more emotionally connected to it, so to feel failure is a lot worse or... What's your what's your take on it, Jodie? That's another way of saying are creative people a bit precious and get very upset. <laughs> and emotional ideas not that good. <laughs> well, I I would tend to say, and it's not something I've really thought about much. I don't, you know, I'm not a personal coach. If somebody starts talking about their emotions, I'm off. It's not my bag. <laughs> um, but I would say that anybody who kind of does create ideas, I think intrinsically. It's such a part of you that I think it would be strange for you not to be emotionally invested in them. Um, and, you know, which is why, you know, I remember you know, back in the day when I was in marketing and the creators would pitch an idea and the chairman of the client would go, yeah, but my wife likes it in blue better. Mm. And you're like, oh, my God. You know, because <laughs> you've come at this with like, here is the best of me 
yeah. in a brand. You know, I've put my heart and my soul into this. Here it is. And then someone nitpicks, well, I don't like that corner of it, you know, and you're like, God, you know. Mm. So I think there can be a, a real mismatch, which creates that kind of heightened emotion. Um, but I do think that even if you are slightly emotionally shut down, doesn't stop you being creative. I did a three-day um, idea generation for Shell. And and this is sort of another good business point, and it was a real learning for me. Um, I had 12 European franchise heads in the room, and we were trying to come up with a big summer promotion idea. So the idea was, this was a decade ago, um, people driving through Europe on their holidays, they wanted them to just stop at Shell garages. And they were all franchises, so it's very difficult to bring everyone together and get everyone to agree to an idea. So they did it slightly differently one year. I was brought in, I ran the session, um, everyone's contributing ideas. And within about 15 minutes, the very buttoned up, um, I think he was German, head of the franchise was saying well I'm a five-year-old and I really need a wee wee so we're going to stop at the next garage and I thought well there you go there's someone who and I think he was as surprised as anyone else to hear those words come out of his mouth <laughs> and I think it's just you get you you access such a different part of your brain when you're creative thinking that you kind of leave a lot of your own baggage and kind of lack of emotion and everything else aside and you become invested in the process, mm. particularly, I think, because he'd never done anything like that before. But the interesting kind of cultural engagement point for me was that they usually have about a 5% take up of the summer promotion across the European franchises. And having sat there and all been part of that process, 95% of the franchises took up the promotion wow. because they are so engaged in their own ideas. And they, I'm sure, all took credit that was it was their actual idea <laughs> that, that got through and, and created the promotion. But, you know, if you use creativity in your team, you are creating massive buy-in. Sorry, we've gone slightly off the point, but for me, no, it's such a great way of bringing a team together. There's also, I mean, sort of looping back to your point, Andy, I think there is strong evidence that people do get wounded when it comes to implementing an idea because we see it all the time don't we particularly in the small business networking world someone has a big push i've got my new brand i've got my new business i've got a new website and they have a big flurry and it doesn't get the reaction they want and they give up because mm -hmm. it doesn't immediately give them a return and i think there's two elements in that there's one about you've got to see your idea through if it's really good and you really believe in it see it through be brave, but I also think there's a bravery in terms of be bolder. Because I think that people originally, I think a lot of the time you have an idea and you think this is brilliant, this is groundbreaking, and it goes through the prism of practicality. You know, it's too expensive or I might alienate someone because I'm a bit too bold and it ends up becoming watered down, generic, and then it doesn't appeal to anyone. Mm -hmm. There's that, a bit you're, about you're, holding your yeah. nerve, Andy, isn't there? Yeah, they, I mean, I, we experience it all the time with doing video productions. I'm always saying behind the camera, louder, more in your face. And like, I feel like it's over top. I'm like, it is not over top because mm -hmm. a certain amount of the, I don't know, the, the vibe or the feeling is lost between your, you know, the talking bit and to the camera. So you've got to be over the top. And we encounter this all the time when some, somebody, you know, who's invested in their videos is thinking creatively. You're like, oh, could we do that? I'm like, yes. <laughs> Let's go for it. Because it goes back to what you said, Jodie, there's a lot of people who are scared, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to, you know, more creative things like putting themselves in front of the camera, going on podcasts and things like that. So I think 
you know, you're right. You've got to be slightly bigger, slightly bolder and be brave. But I don't know whether there's a contradiction or whether it's complementing, whether brave and creativity sit on the same plane. That's maybe a whole psychological analysis along with dyslexia and all that side of things. But yeah, I think the bolder you can be on the creativity and stick with it. And I, again, it goes back to if it falls short, like you said, James, people, if you've done it, you pull that effort and you put every last bit in and it's, oh, they've got no energy left. Mm -hmm. So where are you going to recoup that creative feeling? Okay, it's falling a bit flat. What am I going to do with it? And you need that constant feed. You need that space. You need those shower moments to, to get to the point where you're like, ah, oh, but I didn't do that because I've been so invested all that time. I find it all the time. Step away from a project, have a cup of tea, look outside and things like that. We should um, get Jodie to explain the shower moment because we keep referencing it, but we haven't actually explained. We, took, we did See, it before we recorded. now you've called it the shower moment. It's going to actually be a lot te more tedious than the shower moment <laughs> appears to be when you just say yeah, the shower moment. Good point. Go ahead and disappoint us, Jodie. <laughs> oh, I'm very good at that. Um, so, so this is really referencing... Uh, what happens in your head when you are being creative. So what I'll say to people, one of my best kind of tips that I always leave people with after I've done a presentation is when you've got a, a challenge to solve, write it on a post-it note in as few words as possible and put it in your drawer. And then don't think about it for three days. And you will then go about your business. And at some point, the, an idea will pop or several ideas will pop into your head. So what is actually happening there is in the mechanic of writing down your challenge, you commit it to your conscious brain. You've kind of spent a little bit of time consciously crafting a sentence that sort of says, well, you know, how to drive more visitors to my new website, for example. Then in those three days, you'll be doing certain number of tasks where your conscious brain is engaged to a level that allows it to kind of get out of the way of your subconscious. And that's where all the creativity happens. So they did this experiment in the 70s with um, three groups of people and they were given three boxes of Lego and a, a challenge to solve unrelated to the Lego. So one of them was sorting into coloured piles. One of them was just create what you want, have a play. And the other one, follow these really complicated instructions and build this kind of fort. And the most creative were the ones who were just playing around and kind of doing something, but not too taxing because your conscious brain kind of is sucking all your kind of brain energy and not too boring because literally your brain starts to kind of completely switch off. So you need something mildly diverting. And that is things like having a shower, going and taking the dog for a walk in the forest weirdly driving where you'd think no 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 I pay full attention all the time and I'm consciously engaged we're not we all know that we all pull up in the drive and go I don't consciously remember the last 15 minutes of that drive because you are kind of going through the mechanics because you've reached a level of what they call um Con uh, unconscious competence you're so good at the mechanics of driving you don't have to deploy your conscious thinking you have enough conscious thought in your driving that you can just manage to drive leaving your subconscious to to start thinking and what happens is you're driving on you think oh look at that funny cloud it looks like a cowboy and then you go oh yeah i wonder if i could have a shootout on my website you know to win a prize and that, that's what's happening in your subconscious mind it's that creative dissonance idea again because you're picking up something random 
and your brain's going, well, I've got a challenge tucked in here. And now I'm thinking about a bloody dog that looks like a goat and I've got to make something of that. And, you know, weirdly, it probably will. And then when they when your subconscious has created that, it flings it, you know, kind of forward into your conscious mind. And that's when you wake up and you go, oh, or you're in the shower and you go, oh, I've just had an idea. I wonder where that came from. Well, I'll see where it came from. It came from your subconscious because you've been bubbling away, working really hard but you don't have to expend any conscious energy doing that. So, you know, I've just written a, a white paper on this, you know, creative spaces, because you need to find where that is for you. And everyone will have a different thing. I did a survey a couple of years ago of business owners and nearly half of them said the car was where they came up with their best business ideas. So if you would go back to this idea of wanting some meaningful creative time, I'm sure, Andy, you do this without even thinking. You step away from your desk and you go and sit in your favourite armchair or stare out your favourite window because that's where these random sparks will start coming in and feeding your subconscious and, and allowing it the, this kind of that, that juxtaposition to throw forward ideas. It's true, isn't it? We generally come up with ideas. You'll come to me and go, I've just had an idea, but it won't be when we're sat working because your brain's engaged in doing the thing that you're doing, isn't it? Yeah. So, it's, I mean, you can cheat it. Sorry, JD. Sorry, um, is that why on a Friday, when you least want to have good ideas and your brain is winding down for the weekend, you start having really good ideas and it ends up ramping up at the end of the week? Yeah, sometimes a lot of people say that time either as they fall asleep or as they wake up. So again, your conscious brain isn't fully functioning because our conscious mm. brain gets in the way of so much good stuff. So anywhere where, you know, it's either diverted or not, kind of working at full capacity is definitely some people say when I'm you know when I'm feeling a bit tired sometimes I'll get a rush of ideas yeah. and it's about recognizing that and and also you know we all live in the real world you know you can't turn around to your boss and go okay well I'm just going to take three days five dog walks and a shower and then I'll be back <laughs> with the solution but actually what I do with with clients is a whole host of tools to cheat the process which is why I sort of, you know, shove a picture of a banana in front of someone and go, right, well, combine that with your challenge and it, and your brain will come up with an idea. And it does work, but it works better if you're, you know, you're training your brain, you're training that creative muscle to, to kind of think like that. Very good. I think we're probably about time to wrap up, aren't we? I think what we should do is go around the class and share what we've learned. <laughs> during this call starting it's with... a, i've said jokes aside i've it's made me rethink creativity and what it actually means i i've always got that connotation that it's like messing about do you know what i mean it is the coloring pens and you know but the fact that it it underpins so much of what we do i wonder you know is this a question around how important as a percentage is creativity versus practicality within a business. And I probably would have. I mean, that's not, that's not giving your mindset away at all. Is it James trying to pin creativity <laughs> down to a percentage? <laughs> <laughs> just, just go with it Brilliant. as an ethereal concept <laughs> that is beneficial to everyone. So Jodie, how much time to the minute should I spend being creative? That's what I want to know. Well, how with much time do you spend? shower. <laughs> Okay, well, well, you've got to step back from that. How yeah. how many how many minutes do you spend at the moment being creative every day? Well, I've no idea. I've never really thought about it. A lot. No. Yeah, a lot. it's probably more than you think, isn't it? Anyway, that was a silly little interview. I've learned that if we can make things like processes a creative session, 
subject, we might enjoy it more. So maybe if we just looked at all of those boring bits mm. and processes won't be boring for some people, I understand that, but whatever the bit that's boring, put a creative spin on it. Yeah, innovate. Innovate it, make it make it interesting and you'll probably come up with a better solution anyway as a result of that. Yeah, but, but you know, and I think, you know, I'm not trying to kind of advocate for every part of every business at any minute of the day being a full creative kind of blowout because nothing would actually get finished because, yeah. you know, everyone would get so addicted to the creative idea. This is the problem with a lot of the, you know, and it's it's why I work with so many clients because they have too many ideas. And actually the next sort of skill set is to go, one, identify the great idea and two, create an implementation framework around it so it actually gets into, you know, being, which I think can be actually a lot of small business owners' worst problem. It's not that they don't have ideas, I mean, they've had at least one good idea because they've set up a business off the back of it. But mm. it's it's getting that to, past the finishing line and doing that again and again with every new idea. But I think with processes, it's just interesting to ask the what if question. Well, what if we did it like this or why are we doing it like this? And then, you know, before you start buttoning it down, look at what you're trying to achieve with that process. Look at the end result. And often I'll get people to come up with like, well, what would be the utopian vision of that? You know, if you had a process so amazing what would the outcome be then you reverse engineer the process to fit the ideal outcome what happens with process design is people start number one and they go very logically through to number 10 and actually you need to start at 11 because if you're not spinal tap about creativity you're not you're not in the spirit of it and then work backwards brilliant andy any final thoughts have you Um, you sweet final thought no, in fact, majority of the time I am being creative is to step away more myself as a creative person in that space. Ironically, when you said about, you know, people come up with ideas in the car, I come up with them when I'm riding my motorbike. Now, that's a scary thought. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a single, I think that's something to do with single-minded focus on one thing when I'm riding. So when I stop, maybe that's where the ideas come in. But maybe the step away, I mean, quite often, I, you know, if I can't step away, I turn around and talk to my colleague Rob and we we generate ideas that way. But yeah. the step away allows some breathing space. I think that's the, the biggest thing I will personally take away from this one. It'd be fascinating. I could talk to you all day, Jodie. Yeah. <laughs> no one has literally ever said that before. <laughs> well, I'm the Thank person. you, Hattie. Well... Thank you, Jody. Thanks for joining us today and sharing some of your wisdom. Even some My of the pleasure. weird bits were quite good. <laughs> and um, thanks, Andy. Thanks, Kelly. This has been the only podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Please like, subscribe, share, and we'll see you for the next one. <laughs>